Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. Welcome into this Golf Channel podcast presented by Top Golf. I'm your host, Will Gray, joined by Golf Channel's own Trip Eisenhower. Trip, thanks for joining me today. Mm-hmm. We're talking a little U.S. Open, Shinnecock Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time in a while that we're heading there. Yeah. So long ago, in fact. Yeah. You were I had a lot more hair. You <laughs> a were... lot more hair, and it wasn't as gray as back when yes. I played uh, in 04. But yes, uh, one of the Opens I did play in and uh, loved every minute of Shinnecock. Absolutely. It is a true gem. It's an old school golf course that is one of the many good ones right there in that area. Yeah. I mean, you got National Golf Links, which borders right down to it. Sabonic now. Mm-hmm. Um, what wasn't created in 04. They had just laid out the stakes, Nicholas did, for what would become Sabonic. So, uh, look, this is a beautiful golf course. The shot values that you, I mean, they're, they're, from start to finish, it just is so well designed. There's a lot of short holes, Will, that are very, very difficult. The 10th hole, for example, mm-hmm. you, you have to almost hit it down into a, 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 an area that's about 60, 70 yards from the hole and the green is as wide as this table. And if you can't see this table, it's not very wide. Um, very tough. And I've, I saw players hit it on that green, and it rolled right back to their feet 50 yards. So it's, it's, a, it's a daunting task, um, a lot of those holes to conquer. People remember the carnage of 2004 in that seventh green. Yeah. The USGA has talked about they're, they're, they're owning up to their mistakes. Uh-huh. They're looking to make it better this time. Already hand-watering the seventh green, but it is going to be tough. I don't know, when I look at a scorecard that's almost 7,500 yards and a par 70, yeah. not a lot of short holes come to mind, but you're going to have to definitely pick your spot. Yeah, and uh, you, you absolutely do. And, and the thing is, there's, a, there's fairways like 18 that look generous, but because of the slope, and there's a lot of slope left to right in that fairway, you have to hit it on a line up down that left side to keep it in the fairway. Now, Phil Mickelson in his practice round said they softened it some since mm-hmm. 04. That's good because a, a lot of good shots I saw hit on that 18th hole ended up in bad spots. And that hole's over 500 yards, I believe, par, I believe so. uh, par, four. par four. Of course, um, Corey Pavin, one of the great shots in U.S. Open history, that uh, hybrid he hit. Forward. How many, forward. How many forwards are we going to have in this uh, Yeah, field? exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's a great golf course. Um, again, I just look back over over so many years and so many great championships. This is going to be an outstanding one. Well, let's dive into it. we got plenty to talk about. Lots of marquee groupings here for the first couple rounds. Uh, we have to start with a certain three-time champion in Tiger Woods, who mm-hmm. is playing yeah. with world number one and world number two, even though they switched spots this past yeah. week. Dustin Johnson wins in Memphis with, with the walk-off yeah. eagle. Very good for style points. He returns to world number one after JT had it for a couple weeks. But this is certainly a three-ball that's going to draw a lot of eyes and a lot of attention. Tiger, 10 years now since his last major victory. Hard to believe we've gone an entire decade since Torrey Pines, but what are your thoughts 
pick any one of those three since I'm sure we'll be talking about all three of them. Well, uh, let's start with Dustin Johnson. I mean, when you, when you start to look, since he won the U.S. Open at Oakmont, he's paid 40 times, he's won nine. I mean, That'll work. that's approaching Tiger Woods-type numbers. I mean, we always said nobody could dominate like Tiger. Yeah, that's going to be very hard to reach, but it, has anybody even come close other than this? I right. mean, you look at this stretch, it's amazing. He beat the field by five shots off the tee, okay, in Memphis. That means you and I are average, which d doesn't mean you're a poor driver. It mm -hmm. means you're pretty doggone good at driving. He's going to be five shots better than you with where his tee ball is. That's amazing. I mean, we always talk about the length he has, but, you know, he is so multidimensional now. I mean, his short game yeah. is good. For a shut-faced player, he's a fantastic chipper. The, the chips that he would have trouble with, he hits now, uh, that you would think he would have trouble with, I should say. He hits fantastic. So, um the wedge game was in flight. The putting, I mean, he putted fantastic. 12th in putting this last week. You throw in all those numbers, first tee to green, 12th in strokes gain putting. DJ comes in with a ton of momentum. And I think there's one guy I think that has a little bit more. We're going to get to him later. And I'm going I'm to table that. But right now, Dustin Johnson is the low man in this group. Even though, even though Justin Thomas has been playing pretty yes. lights out. I mean, these yep. two guys, it's fun to see over the last couple of months that both DJ and Justin, a bad week is like T21. That's T16. Yeah. It's, it's amazing consistency from these guys, even when they have a bad week or a bad round where they're able to bounce back and get back into it, even while playing against some of the toughest fields. We remember back last year, Justin Thomas put up that 63 at Aaron Hills, took a, a mm -hmm. piece of the USGA record book with him. Do you think that he could potentially contend not only to take back world number one, but take down major number two? Of course. For all the reasons you just mentioned, I mean, he's, he's played big in big events. He has a major. Uh, he, two majors ago, he was the champion yep. at PGA. And, um, look, he's like DJ in the regard to remarkable consistency, fantastic short game. And he's the guy, too, if you look at the dimensions that these guys didn't have two, three years ago that they both have now, is a fantastic wedge game. They hit wedges more than anybody else because of their length. And guess what? They got really good at them. And guess what? They yeah. rose in the world rankings. I mean, they're, uh, you know, world number ones uh, currently and world number two currently, meaning Justin Thomas. Um, I love everything about his game. I really do. I, 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 he's he's a, a nice young man. He's wonderful to root for. I mean, he really is uh, uh, just a really nice guy and yeah. uh, just one of the good guys in golf. And so it's good to see. And it's good to see recognize where you're weak and then go about improving it the right way. Instead of trying to overhaul everything, uh, he went about fixing a pace of his swing and his wedges. And you look at some of the wedges he hit at Honda and then followed it up the next week, a, a walk-off mm -hmm. hole out in Mexico to get into a playoff with Phil Mickelson ultimately not winning. But, yeah, I, 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 I w he's going to contend. Yeah. I just think DJ's going to play better. That's fair. That's fair. Someone's got to win among the three ball yep. here. But now the third player is certainly the one that's going to get the most attention. Sure. Tiger Woods has not played the U.S. Open since uh, topping a three-wood into the bunker that no one thought was in play at Chambers Bay and uh, exiting stage left. It's certainly a very different player back then than he is right now. Different body, different swing, different level of confidence. What are your thoughts on Tiger? I guess my, my question is, do you feel like now that we're back onto a traditional quote-unquote U.S. Open setup, is that a pro or a con when it comes to Tiger potentially contending for Major 15? Pro. Yeah, Pro for him for sure. I mean, look, 
I know he's not. He didn't putt well at Memorial, and he didn't putt well um, at um, where at Charlotte. Or, yeah, yeah. Charlotte. He he didn't putt well at either of those two places. Hit the ball. Hit the, hit the. He's hitting the ball well at Iron yeah, Game. Yeah. Is back to being as I, I want to say. It's look. I was on tour my rookie year, oh one. You, you're never going to see anything like that again. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch, and I'm for, very fortunate I got to watch it up close at times. Um. He's hitting the ball beautifully. Uh, he's playing off-speed shots great now. He's doing all those things with the irons. He's driving the ball better, Will. He drove the, the tee b- shot or the driver. See, because I, I the, wonder, because this, this is going to force driver into his hands, exactly. right? And that's going to be the big variable. And, and here's the thing. Brandel Chambly did a wonderful job of breaking this down at Memorial. The holes where there's no visible trouble, left or right, mainly left, with driver in his hand, like the seventh hole, he smashes it. He hit it beautiful. Then you fast forward a couple of holes later with water on the left at 11, and he looks like a different person. It's mental. It is not physical. And what, what the mental is is that trouble gets his swing out of sequence, and he gets quick. And he's something that he's not really aware of. Now, he may be aware of, but it's something psychosomatic that's very tough to stop. And I we all have little quirks like that. Like on short putts, I tended to look up and stuff when when a putt mattered. I, I you know, it was one of those things I did and I didn't even realize I was doing it even though I was trying to stop myself. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the hard thing about golf and Tiger's one of the greatest minds to ever play the game. He'll get this right, but it's not right now. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to another marquee pairing. This is the 3 out of 4 ain't bad group that's each player one leg short of the career grand yeah. slam. We've got Rory, we've got Jordan Spieth, and we have Phil Mickelson. You feel like you're at the U.S. Open. You have to lead with Phil. Mm-hmm. 14 years after his runner-up finish at Shinnecock, he also tied for fourth back in 1995, one of probably only a handful of guys who yep. played two U.S. Opens at Shinnecock and will now play a third. He skipped it last year at Aaron Hills. He's back in the field playing some of the best golf he's played in several years this spring, highlighted by that playoff win in Mexico. Is this the week? Is is he ever going to get his hands on the U.S. Open trophy? If he does, it will be in the next three years is my prediction because you look at the venues. Here, you mentioned the success he's had here, and uh, the fourth place finished in 95, second. And so, yeah, trending. Uh, next year, Pebble, yep. uh, where he finished fourth in 2010, and then, of course, Wingfoot. So it, if it's going to happen, and then then we're, then we turn turn the clock to the big 5-0. Yeah. Exactly. He turns 48 on Saturday this week yeah. for the third round. He'll be turning 50 for the, the wing foot. Wing US foot. Open. And look, I never count Phil out because of the things, that, you know, how he's been playing. He Coming into Memphis, he was the second best putter on the PGA Tour this season. Mm-hmm. Um, the iron game is back to being what we know Phil to be. He's, he's conceded he's not going to drive the ball well. He's conceded. He's not. He's, I mean, he, he does not drive the ball well. That will be the one thing that will – if he does anything here, he's going to have to manage his misses. If he does that, he can contend, and of course he can win. Yeah. And wouldn't it be a great story? It would be a great story. I, you know, there's no rooting in the press box, but I certainly no. think, you know, you think back to Marion a few years ago and just the, the magic that seemed to envelop that final round. He's holding out for Eagle. You feel like this might really be his time. Justin Rose played some great golf to beat him down the stretch. Deserved champion. For sure, and, and but Phil has the the full mixed bag. He has some where he was beaten by a better player. He's got a wing foot in 06 that he, he gave it away in very mixed. He's time. got a six pack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so there there have been he's he's lost this every which way. But Sunday, 
it, it, it's interesting to see that he, he really hasn't gotten back into contention since no. Marion. you got to wonder what that feeling is going to be like if he's 10th, 15th, 20th coming into the weekend. Yeah, I mean, I again, like you said, no rooting in the press box, but it would be a wonderful story to write, wouldn't it? it would, would you, it you, you would enjoy writing could, that story. I could get around so, that one. And, and the way he's putting, I do think, yeah. and, and this venue in particular, and the fact that they've softened some of the edges that you can get in some trouble, um, yeah. Phil Mickelson, I don't think he's going to win, but That's it, fair. It, it, I wouldn't be surprised if yes. he did. Well, speaking of putting, let's talk about Spieth. Yep. What's going on here? What uh, is this? Are we at the point where, you know, I'm, I'm always so hesitant with Jordan to run the what's wrong with Jordan Spieth narrative because he so quickly, as he showed last summer, can turn it on, and turn on a dime, and, and boom, he wins Travelers, he wins at Birkdale, and he's off and running. But clearly... He is frustrated with his game over that four-week stretch where he really didn't get much going. Finally starts putting well at Memorial, and everything else goes off track, and he misses the cut at a tournament he usually contends at. I, again, this is, the, this is the thing with golf. It's like you're, you're hitting the ball the best you've ever hit it. I mean, you look at his ball striking, really, uh, this year. It's been fantastic, Will. It's been, um, it's been very, very solid. He's been... Um, Right there, and, and that's where when you're hitting the ball that well, you have so many more opportunities, and they're opportunities that aren't the ones that are four and five feet, even though he has been weak from there too. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's starting to be a little bit like Tiger with the driver. I think he's getting anxious and quick and, and paying more attention to, hey, I'm missing putts, and instead of just getting into feel and letting the results Get out, of, get out of his way. And, and he's in his way right now right. with putting. Yeah. I'm like you. I mean, I agree with you 100%. I never say J- Jordan's out. Right. Or not Because he can flip the switch this week, and he'll be right there with a chance to win at, at, at Shinnecock. So I don't think he will, but I think it's that same thing. I don't think it's anything physical. I don't, he's got to get back to just putting by feel and not giving a – rats you know what if it goes in or not and it's a tough place to be yeah it's just a matter of flipping the switch with him I think back to that final round in Burkdale he went nine holes where he couldn't make a putt from me to you nope and the back nine he was making them from Scotland well that putt on 13 unbelievable and 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 that turned everything around and he's that that's flipping a switch and you know I he's got to pay attention to hey I'm getting too anxious about this I've got to just relax Third man in this group, Rory McIlroy. It's been seven years since he won a rain-soaked U.S. Open at Congressional. Certainly a very different test than the one mm-hmm. we're going to see this week at Shinnecock Hills. But, you know, he's shown some, some signs of life here. You think back to the win at Bay Hill, great final round. Kind of faltered on the weekend at uh, Wentworth, but still a runner-up finish mm-hmm. at the BMW PGA, a big well, event in Masters. Europe. And we got the Masters. He played his way. Great 54-hole result. For Rory. Yeah, all in his way on Sunday. Talk yeah. about getting in your own way. Yeah. Um, missing that short putt at two changed everything. So, um, strokes gained attitude. They don't measure it. <laughs> they but should, if they right? did right now, Rory McIlroy, because he can play so perfect, because he can make the game look as easy as DJ at times, he, get, he gets frustrated when things aren't, when he's not hitting the ball the way he wants and little things. He's, he's letting those build up, mm-hmm. and he's getting in his own way. And he's so talented, he should win more often. There's no question about it. But Brad Faxon's going to be the key. They played a, they played around on Wednesday. And um, Brad, I'm sure, was made aware of the attitude issue. 
and or I know he was made aware of it, as a matter <laughs> of fact. And I hope that Brad had that same talk with him that he had about putting prior to Bay Hill. Because it's attitude with Rory. It's yeah. all it is right now. Physically, everything's there. He's Brad's really helped the putting. He really has. I mean, you. I, I just think that that that's the fine line with these great players. And if if their attitude just gets a little better and they let things roll off their back the way DJ. If if Rory could go around like DJ's attitude, we might see winning like DJ. Yeah, I think a lot of people could would would like to borrow DJ's attitude or his driving or, or a well, lot Roy's, of. Well, Rory's yeah. got close to the driver. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's he really true. does. There's and, always room for and, and, he, and I think Rory is as good an iron player as DJ. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's attitude, and I think Brad. I hope that we'll, we'll find out if he contends. I wonder if he'll mention that round on Wednesday. Yeah, we shall see. We'll put a pin in that one and maybe reflect back in mm -hmm. a few days' time. Uh, one more. Group we wanted to look at, it's about time we talked about the defending champ, Brooks yep. Kepka, who was uh, a dominant winner coming down the stretch last year at Aaron Hills, playing the first two rounds with Jason Day and Bubba Watson. I mean, I mean, the guy was sidelined for almost the entire year up until May. Really struggled to get his wrist figured out and healthy, missed the Masters, and now all of a sudden he comes back and he is right back yeah. to the Brooks Kepka mm -hmm. that we have become familiar with in the last couple of years. 63 to close out at TPC Sawgrass. He contended uh, Colonial. At, at Colonial and just got beat by, again, more, some, some great play from Justin Rose. Is Brooks Kepka in a position to maybe pull uh, a Curtis Strange here and go back-to-back? -back? Uh, he's in position. It's not going to happen, though. Just because it's the U.S. Open? Just because it's the U.S. Yes, Open. And... and uh, but yeah, it's so talented and, and everything about his game. He's a fantastic putter, um, for a long hitter. He's, he's, uh, for a while there and I, 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 he's fallen off, but for a while there, he was the best putter that with the highest club head speed. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a pretty good combo in today's game, right? I would take it. Yeah. Uh, you know, high club head <laughs> speed and be the, and gain the most strokes on the greens. Um, he's getting back to that. I, I he's not there right now. I don't think I, I didn't look this up before, but I, um, I'd be curious to find out where he is on that list. But um, it's good to see him back healthy, back playing well. And let's not forget, let's spin it forward to October. Mm -hmm. Going to be a fantastic teammate on that Ryder Cup. Yeah, yeah I could, you can see him pairing with pretty much anyone Absolutely. on that roster, and they would sign up and say, yeah, yes, give, me, they would. give me Brooks Kepka an alternate shot on the tough course. I'll take yep. my chance. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jason Day, twice a winner mm -hmm. already this year. Uh, finished fifth at TPC Sawgrass. When I think Jason Day in the U.S. Open, I think back to him falling down at Chambers Bay, and that was one that he really had a great chance at, despite the physical issues and the vertigo he was facing. He was right in the mix. You feel like this is the sort of test that brings out the best in Jason Day. He was a runner-up to Rory back in uh, 2011 at Congressional. What are your thoughts on, on the Aussie potentially bagging another major? Well, the best putter on tour statistically and uh, the second best scrambler. That's always good. Not good bad. Not bad. And you know what? He's got all the tools. The one thing about Jason Day is his iron game, he doesn't hit the ball close statistically. His proximity numbers are never that good, but he more than makes up for it with a fantastic putter outside of 15 feet. You say, how long can you keep doing it? But he keeps doing it. You know, he, for last year, though, the, he, he quit doing it. And look what happened. Yeah. He's back doing that again. And um, it, it, the proximity numbers are for me, and it's one issue. He, he, he doesn't go off speed very well with his short irons. He's full speed all the time. He's full bore a lot. Uh, that dimension of his game, if he could build that in somehow, I'm not saying build it in this week. I'm saying long term, 
work on some off-speed shots with your irons and, and different flights, I, I, that he would be the complete player. Yeah. I think back to the 17th hole at Quail Hollow when he won, he's sitting back on that tee. I think he absolutely ripped a 7 or 8 iron. Hits the flag. From, yeah, it hits the flag. But that's not. he's not necessarily going with a, a little cutter in there at, at 80%. No, he's yeah. not. We are going straight in, full bore. I'm yeah. going to hit this as hard as I can. Yeah. Uh, and then the third player in this group, Bubba Watson, I saw his caddy, Ted Scott, uh, tweeting after they had gone through their first practice round, and Ted was remarking how you're going to need to be a long hitter to contend this week. He said he defines long as flying at 290 in warm conditions, but that's the sort of demand that you're going to have this week at Shinnecock where you not only, as you said, are going to have to hit the fairway, you have to be in the right position. You have to find the correct landing areas yes. if you're going to be able to attack these greens. Bubba, we haven't heard from him much in the last couple of years. Then he pops up with two very emphatic victories in the spring, contended at the Masters. What are your thoughts on the southpaw? Bubba does not putt well enough to win a U.S. Open. There you go. That's it. That's it. He hits the I mean, yeah. he's one of the handful of players that can do things with a golf ball that anybody else on the planet can't do. Amazing. Amazing talent. At times, he can putt extremely well. And you say he doesn't putt well enough to win. Well, how did he win two Masters? Because that golf course in particular, mm -hmm. the, what Bubba can do overrides the fact of the putter. Yeah. A U.S. Open, no, sir. Got to get your ball in the hole. Yes, it's, you do. It's a full test of golf, and especially at Shinnecock, it's going to be a more complete test than maybe some of the previous venues that we've seen the last No question. Years. All right, we're going to take a quick detour now, and we have on the phone with us Jeff Sherman, who is the sportsbook manager at the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, and he is the man behind the curtain when it comes to setting odds for golf tournaments on a weekly basis and certainly for the major championships. Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So for those that aren't aware of, of your operation and how things go, as soon as the putt drops for one major, you are working to set lines for the next major. So once Patrick Reed slipped into his green jacket a couple months ago at Augusta, you, the next morning, had set lines for this week's U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills. And when they started, we had three guys at 10-1 to 1 that were co-favorites, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, and Rory McIlroy. As we sit right now, speaking on Monday afternoon, Dustin Johnson, fresh off his win in Memphis, is all the way down to an 8-1 to 1 and a clear favorite, while Jordan Spieth has drifted all the way out to 18 to 1. So I'll pose it to you this way. Which part of that equation surprises you more? That DJ has distanced himself as a clear favorite, or that Spieth has kind of fallen off the track in the last couple of weeks? Uh, the Spieth part is more surprising to me. Uh, Dustin Johnson coming into the tournament, like you mentioned, he was one of the favorites. And uh, just with his win in Memphis, he's just added to uh, the distance between him and the next set of golfers. Uh, when you look at his U.S. Open stats, having won in 2016 at Oakmont, uh, it's there for him. So it's not surprising that he's the starting point this week. But just that Spieth has drifted so far. And the surprising thing, too, is Spieth is number two in ticket counts and money, but his odds have almost doubled. And that's just because of his recent play. And we haven't seen as much betting support on him recently just because of that. So he's in really poor form, and that's really what's attributed to his higher odds. So basically, coming off the Masters, you still had a bunch of people looking to bet speed for the U.S. Open, and now it's in the last couple of weeks, perhaps after that miscut at the Memorial, that uh, the support has kind of dried up for Jordan Spieth. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. And, uh, you know, he always commands a lot of betting support for the majors. He did right away after we posted the odds, but it's just recently it hasn't been there. 
Well, I want to ask you about specifically the U.S. Open. So much focus goes on to the betting the Masters, and there, and there are so many constants with that. You're playing the same course every year. You've got the course history for volumes and volumes. But when it comes to the U.S. Open, this, this tournament hasn't been to Shinnecock since 2004. You only have a handful of players that even played it last time around. When you're setting the odds, how, much do, how do you balance current form versus past U.S. Open form at other U.S. Open venues versus perhaps how players like Phil Mickelson played at Shinnecock 15 years ago? Yeah, not so much 15 years ago, but we do look at how they've played recently in the U.S. Open because the USGA tries to get uh, the same type of golf tournament. Even though we've seen a disparity in the scores, uh, they still try for the, the par aspect of it and make the conditions tougher. And so just to promote betting aspect, people are going in with that in mind. So I do look at the, the course form over the various courses in the, in the U.S. Opens. Uh, and some guys stand out, and I'll alter their odds based on that. Jason Day, his odds are relatively low. Three of the last four years, he's performed uh, very well in U.S. Opens. And then you take into account the uh, the current form, and that's where you'll see some of the guys that might be uh, 100, 125 to 1, they'll start dipping down. And we, we saw that with uh, Webb Simpson and Francesco Molinari, where they each started at 125 to 1. Webb Simpson won the Players' Championship. Uh, and he's done well in U.S. Opens before, so his odds have dipped down to 60. And same thing with Molinari. He's done well recently on the European Tour, and he's the type of golfer that should do well in these conditions, and he also is at 60-1. to one. Uh, The other one I noticed in that group, I'm looking over the, the sheet right now, is Bryson DeChambeau, who started at 125-1. to one. Now he's at 40-1, to one, fresh off that playoff victory at the Memorial Tournament. Un, you know, the Masters' odds, they, they go up. After the PGA Championship in August, you have seven, eight months of people to bet. You get a lot of volatility. But with this event and with the other subsequent majors, you're only talking about a few weeks for people to bet enough to impact the odds. So was it surprising to, for you to see that much action go to a couple players, even though they've won some big tournaments, but to go from 125 to 1 to 40 or 50 to 1 in the span of a couple weeks? Yeah, well, DeChambeau, he's been popular every week that he's played in just regular tour stops. Uh, he's a real fan favorite of the betting public. And now that he's been performing so well, they're betting him more on his current form than we've seen on his uh, U.S. Open history, which is limited. So he's been, like I said, he's been popular every week. And now he's popular going into this one. And thus the drastic uh, reaction is odd, as he is one of our liabilities at this point. So a, a DeChambeau uh, U.S. Open victory might not shut down the lights in Vegas, but uh, you guys might have to stroke a, a decent check, huh? Yeah, a little bit, So, uh, but we got some time to work on that. There you go. Uh, well, you mentioned Jason Day, and there are a couple of players whose odds are lower for the U.S. Open because they've had success in this event. Is, the, is there shoe on the other foot for a couple of guys who maybe are among the top 10 or, or 20 in the world rankings, but you've drifted their odds a little higher just because they tend not to have a lot of success in this event? Well, the one that stands out to me that hasn't performed well, that his odds are lower for other tournaments, Bubba Watson. I opened him at 50 to one, and he's up to 60 to one, and he hasn't performed too well in these conditions. So, you know, he's a guy that you see at the Masters at 25 to one. Uh, some other tournaments, he might be 30 or 40, but uh, this is the one major that you'll see his eye is hot odds for, uh, unless he's in extremely poor form. But uh, he he hasn't had too much success here. Uh, and another one, and this is based on mostly his current form. Sergio Garcia keeps drifting out. I opened him at 30. He's all the way up to 50 to 1, but that's uh, current form related. 
Very good. Well, we got to, before we let you go, we got to talk about Tiger Woods because you have to talk about Tiger with everyone. So he opened at 25 to 1. He's currently listed at the uh, Las Vegas Superbook at 20 to 1. In between, since the Masters, he, he had the tie for 11th finish at the Players' Championship, and he had a, a top 25 at Memorial. What's been the support like for Tiger? Has it been constant, or is it maybe something like you saw with Jordan Spieth, where it's come and gone in waves? Now, he's got some constant support. He's number three in our ticket count right now, but it's mostly of the smaller variety. He's not up in the top five in money, so he's getting a lot of support like he normally does, but we haven't seen the large wagers come in on him yet. I still think that some of that will show up now that he's drifted back to 20 after opening at 25. He got as low as 16, and his current form has been fabulous. Now he's just been missing on a couple aspects of his game, but he's getting real close, and the betting public uh, stays with that. So I think we'll see uh, continued support for him in the 20-to-1 range. And, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's a surprise at this point, he's actually a, a positive result for us, and that's why I've drifted his odds back up usually for any of the majors, especially the Masters, which is our largest liability on him all the time. Uh, weekly events, we usually have liability on him too, so I'm a little bit surprised that we don't have that yet. And like I said, it's been mostly of the smaller variety that's been supporting Tiger. you got to wonder if the Tiger Woods betters are going to wake up out in the desert. Maybe they're having uh, Stanley Cup fever hangovers here. We'll have to see. But you mentioned small wagers. And, and again, for those that aren't aware, 156 guys in the field. Once they're all qualified, you go to the Westgate. You can bet on any player that you want. Have you gotten any $5, $10, $20 wagers on one of these 1,000 or 2,001 long shots where you kind of look at some of these people and say, I hope you're related to this guy because this, this money's probably just going right to the house? Uh, well, we've seen some on uh, Jacob Bergeron and uh... – and Parziali, too. Uh, and we go. saw some on Parziali, too, during the Masters. So some of these guys are, are commanding some interest. But for the most part, the 2000, 3001, if they get five, ten bucks, we'll be lucky to see that. Most of them don't have much support on them at all. Uh, a few of them have a little bit of uh, spattered throughout. See, it's good to know that Matt Parziel has some friends out, out in the desert there. Uh, all right, before we let you go, I know you've mentioned some of the guys that are, are leading the ticket count, and you mentioned Bryson DeChambeau is, is one of your bigger liabilities. Where do we stand in terms of the highest ticket count and, and the most money wagered heading into the U.S. Open week as we speak here Monday afternoon? Well, right now for us, it's Ricky Fowler. He's leading on both accounts, tickets and money, and that's why we have him relatively short at 14-1. to 1. Uh, I had opened him at 16 to one. We saw a lot of support at him at 16, even continued support at 14. So he's sitting there amongst the favorites at the Superbook. I know you can find a little bit higher out there in other places, but he's uh, he's been getting tremendous amount of support over the last couple of years during the majors. He's one of the guys that the betting public just thinks is the next one that's going to win that hasn't won. So they'll sprinkle their money on other golfers here and there, but they're continuously putting on Ricky Fowler. Number one in tickets, number one in money. Well, there you go. Interesting. Ricky Fowler. I guess it's it's the mentality that you, you want to keep betting the guy because eventually you're going to be proven right. You don't want that one time that he wins to be the time that you're not holding the ticket. Well, Jeff Sherman, manager of the Westgate Las Vegas Superbook, thank you so much for joining us today. You can follow him at Golf Odds on Twitter for all the latest news and updates when it comes to betting and odds for both the U.S. Open and uh, PGA Tour Golf in general. Jeff, thanks for joining us. All right, thanks, Will. 
All right, Tripp, let's turn the page here. We still have several big names that we need to talk about heading into the season's second major. Let's start with the guy that won the season's first major, Patrick Reed, mm -hmm. with that green jacket, playing in an all-Masters champion trio along with Zach Johnson and Charles Schwartzel. But uh, he's still getting used to the spotlight and the label as a major champion after that memorable victory at Augusta National. What are your thoughts on P. Reed going for the second leg, let's say, of the uh, single-season Grand Slam? Well, as far as his, you know, his major record really was not anything to look at until the PGA last year. Yep. And then you look at the last two majors, a second place and a win. That'll uh, work. That, that works. So um, his short game is markedly better. His bad play is better. You know, when he first came out on tour, his bad play was missing the cuts. Mm -hmm. He's he's turned into a player that makes a lot more cuts now. He's my, he his bad is better. That's always the key. You're only as good as your bad, and that's you know Tom Lehman was famous for saying that. You're you're only as good as your misses. Your your misses determine you know, and so you want to marginalize those as much as you can. Um, I think we're going to see a bit of a Masters hangover from him, not a Charles Schwartzel Masters hangover. But we're going to see a little bit of a lapse of time for Patrick Reed in majors until he gets um, uh, back. But he could pop up and contend, and you, you'd say, well, you're crazy if you look at his last two majors, a second place and a first place, if you don't think Patrick Reed can contend. I, I just think that there's still the, I'm a Masters champ, and I'm blah, blah, blah. And I, I, not that he's not practicing, not, but the demands of the time, learning to deal with that off-course stuff is yeah. so different for these players when they get their first major, especially an accomplished player like Patrick Reed, who then gets it. Uh, I think that's the issue that yeah. he's dealing with. Uh, I contend that a Masters hangover is the best kind of hangover. No kidding. <laughs> I will take a Masters hangover any day. As a, as a veteran of many other kinds of hangovers, <laughs> I would definitely say that's the, one, that's the one you want to go with. Uh, mm -hmm. All right, well, let's, let's look at a guy who you said Patrick Reed didn't have a remarkable run in the majors up until uh, last year's PGA. How about a guy that has a decorated record in, in 2013 U.S. Open champion, Justin Rose, who won at Marion. We've talked about him a couple times already today. You feel like this is the type of major that really best suits his game, as we saw five years ago. But then you look at his record, and that win at Marion is his only top 10 since 2008. He's been playing some very strong golf, capped by that uh, statement victory, let's say, at Colonial, where he just basically broke down one of the classic courses on tour. And, and so what are your thoughts on Rose heading into another major here where, you know, he's not quite to Phil Mickelson at 47-48, at but you feel like, and he's talked about this, that the window for a second and a third major is somewhat starting to close. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't put that window closed yet, but I understand what he's saying, but he's, he's too good. Yeah. I mean, and when I look at this golf course, when, when I looked at the major venues this year and I saw Shinnecock, I said, if there's one player who has any form at all coming in, this is a Justin Rose-type golf course. It is absolutely – it was a venue that I had my name. It's like a one-and-done type thing. You know how you pick Sergio yep. for oh, the yeah. players? Well, if Justin Rose has any form, and there's no question he's got form. You mentioned what he did at Colonial. You look at the remarkable consistency that he's shown – um, really since the, the this season. I mean, he's won um, a WGC event in the fall. Mm -hmm. He won again overseas in the fall. Um, and he's played fantastic. I just, 
um, and a 12th place at Augusta, which is really poor by his standards, right? Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling up his record here. Eighth at Torrey Pines, fifth at Innisbrook, third Bay Hill, sixth in his last start at Memorial. He has been knocking on the door week in and week out in addition to that victory at Colonial. He's your 2018 champion. Wow, there we go. We're going to have to re-edit this and, and move a couple <laughs> Well, when we get around, to, when we get to okay. the yeah, picking we'll our bring, favorites, we'll, bring it back uh, we'll, we'll go back fine. to that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you can never go wrong picking picking Jay Rose in yeah. these sort of events. And I agree. I mean, what he the tee to green play that he showed at Colonial is one of the best ball striking performances I can remember in, in a long time here. I mean, he just absolutely bent that course to his will, mm-hmm. and it was pretty pretty remarkable to see. And it put, he's putting fantastic. Yeah. The the claw is working for him. He's stuck with it. Um, I, like I said, he's my favorite um, this week. All right, one more uh, I want to ask you about, and then we'll work our editing magic on the, on the back end there. <laughs> but uh, remember, it was a year ago that John Rahm was basically throwing a temper tantrum mm-hmm. on the course at Aaron Hills, throwing clubs. Mm-hmm. Uh, kicking whatever was within range of his foot, missing the cut. And now he comes in. He's a little wiser. He's one year older. He certainly bagged a couple more marquee trophies, and he's one of the six guys who this week could reach number one in the world rankings with a victory. But do you feel like John Rahm, first of all, he's playing in an all-Spaniard group with Sergio and Rafa Cabrera-Bello. That's probably going to help. But does he have the temperament to go along with the game to handle a, a test as demanding as not only the U.S. Open, but a U.S. Open at Shinnecock. Yeah, and here's the thing. I, people people bag him for his attitude. I, I, look, every golfer gets mad. A golf is a four-letter word, okay? <laughs> um, it, it, we, we all get angry. Here's the, here's the key, and Butch Harmon was famous for uh, you know, t- telling uh, some of his players this. It, it, get angry. Get as angry as you want. But as soon as you you uh, are getting into your next shot, if it's still there, you got no chance. Yep. And that's what John Rahman, I think, has learned. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, we haven't. We've seen him still get hot under the collar, but I mean, everybody does. I mean, you you get upset at yourself, with, especially the, the the with the talent that he's got. He's got to be like frustrated at times that he's not, you know, winning more often. But good gosh, uh, the guy is so talented. He's he's one of the. He's one of the straightest, longest drivers in the game, and pound for pound, he gets the most carry per yard. You say you got to hit it at 290 in the air. Um, well, he gets 116 mile an hour clubhead speed, and he carries it 299. That efficiency is 2.53 yards per uh, mile an hour. Nobody on tour has that. Nobody. Roy McIlroy is is close to that, but not. He's the most efficient striker as far as that goes. I got to break out my my Texas Instruments stuff here <laughs> to keep up with you, Trip. Uh, I, I will say I agree that everyone gets uh, hot under the collar. His collar gets a little hotter than most top-ranked players in terms of on-course outbursts. But in talking to him, he's very open about it. He says, "Listen, I I think of my." mental framework like a Coke bottle, and it's getting shaken up and shaken up, and eventually it's going to pop. And so I'm better off letting it out a yeah. little bit by little bit, and it keeps me overall at a pretty even keel. And we've seen him, you know, he, he missed the cut last year at the U.S. Open, but he has won some big events mm-hmm. against some big fields while still trying to chase down that major number one. It certainly feels like it's when, not if, for John Rahm. Oh, yeah, he's going to win majors. Yeah. I, he's not going to be Sergio. He's not going to be in his 30s and get his first major. Right. I, I, I I'm almost sure of that because he's just too talented. The overall, I mean, I remember my good friend Keith Sabarbroff. Um, he's the vice president of t- t- uh, tour operations for TaylorMade. He told me years ago, he said, I just spent a day with a guy that they're not four players better in the world. Yep. And I said, wow, who is that? He said, I can't tell you now, but I'll tell you at the right time. They ended up signing John Rahm, and he said, it's John Rahm. Yeah. 
and this was when he was whatever in the world, and now he's top five in the world. So. He is number five. It turns out it was, it was, it was correct. So. <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, all right. Well, you have stolen my last question with, with pegging your – Well, let's hear your favorite. We'll, your favorite. We'll, we'll, I'm going to stick with Justin Thomas. I feel like okay. DJ is a, a the betting favorite, and understandably so, mm-hmm. especially after that win at Memphis. I feel like Justin – has the, the more complete game, and I just like where he is mentally. He is still hungry, even after getting to world number one. There is still the perceived chip on his shoulder that has been driving him for the last couple of years. It drove him to major at Quail mm-hmm. Hollow. I think that it's still there, and I, I like I said, I love what I see from him in terms of a, a off week is still a T12, a T18, yeah. things like that. And as you said, tournament golf, but especially U.S. Open golf, is about managing your misses. Everyone's going to have a bad round sure. this week. It's is your bad round going to be a 71 or a 76? Is it a 73 or an 81? And that's where I feel like Justin Thomas could really rise to the top. I will take my chances. So the engraver can go ahead and put Justin in. Got the Justin. Or we, 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 we can put, he want. can do 2018 Justin. You can even just go leave a little blank and then just go Uston. So you can leave, so you can count DJ still, you get DJ, Justin That's Thomas, true. and Justin We Rose. can do Uston, and right. then, then he's the fine. T- you get the top three players in the world. It would only be a slight uh, change if you needed to exactly. switch to Jordan. Exactly, there you go. We can right. make it Engraver, work. go ahead and exactly. write U-S-T-I-N on the trophy. Uh, let's, let's close it out then by looking on the other side of things. Give me a, a sleeper or a guy that we haven't talked about, maybe below the radar, that you feel like could surprise. A guy that's not even on the radar. Okay. I, I'll tell you, a guy that I watched play in the Bahamas, and a guy that has a ton of oh, talent. We're going with the web.com deep dive from yeah, Trip Eisenhower. Yeah, going deep. But this guy, he won the qualifier in Columbus. Okay. And uh, he has just turned 20 years old. He's Korean. He's part of a cadre of a lot of young Koreans we're going to start seeing uh, show their talent on the tour. The only thing that's going to slow them down is the mandatory service that mm-hmm. they have to do for their government or for their country. Um Major win might help that. Uh, well, yeah. He, he's not going to win, but he's going to be a, a surprise. He's going to be one of those names on the leaderboard. I'm talking about Sun J.M. Mm-hmm. Um, this young man has a ton of talent. That, that field in, in Columbus, pretty stout field, yeah. and he beat everybody there. So, um, you know, I'm not saying he's going to win, but look for him to possibly have a top ten. There you go. All right. Uh, I, will, I will go in a, a similar category, and then I'll throw out someone else. Uh, a guy that he went to Memphis for his qualifying and, again, played the pants off that course, Sam Burns. Yes. We've seen him oh, at God. the PGA Tour. We've seen him at the Web.com Tour. This guy is a stud. Yes. Should have been on the Walker Cup team last year, but he was not. And, and he is everything that you would expect out of a, a top-ranked college player turned into a top-ranked amateur, and now he's moving up. He'll be on the PGA Tour full-time. Next season would not surprise me to see him put together a couple of really good rounds. I've been impressed with what I've seen. I, I'm 100% in agreement with you right there. Uh, and then one other one. Let's let's move a little bit closer towards the top. Take a mid-range guy, and I'll lead off here. I feel like we're not talking enough about Henrik Stenson. You talked about Bubba Watson doesn't have enough putting to win a U.S. Open. Henrik Stenson, it's all about the putter. But I but this guy finished 26th. Last week at Memphis, that's his worst oh, yeah. <laughs> result in about three months. Yeah. And he, we're not talking about him much. He's down to 17th in the world rankings. But less than two years after that victory at Royal Troon, it would not surprise me at all to see him with that ball striking, that plodding temperament to kind of think his way through the course and a, a test like Shinnecock. I think that we could see a sneaky 
contention from Penix. I don't think I don't I don't think it would be sneaky because well, we, we well, just talked for you know, well, I know I know you're it. right you're right under uh, off the radar there's right. no question he is and he shouldn't be for the reasons that you mentioned but uh, add in addition to that when I looked at this golf course and having played it in a U.S. Open. Um, there were two people that came to mind if they were showing form, Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson. So I back there you up you 110%, right. and I said that on Golf Central. Um, there's no question about it. I, I, if you want to go mid-range guy that I think can make some noise, I'm going to go Patrick Cantlay. Oh, there um, you go. I like uh, that. Patrick Cantlay played, you know, learned a lot at Memorial. I mm -hmm. think he really did. Um, but you talk about the kind of game and the temperament for a U.S. Open to be able to manage his way around. The guy's a fantastic ball striker. He's, he's got... He's got a lot of things going for him right now, and would you be surprised at all to see Patrick Cantlay right there with a chance? No, to win? for sure. I mean, you talk about the Sam Burns trajectory. Patrick Cantlay is a couple steps ahead of yep. him, but it's it's a similar path where he got that win in Vegas, kind of one where he wasn't expecting to get it, but yep. but you you get the trophy and they count all the same. Played well at Riviera, and of course that he knows very well. As you said, Memorial, he contended, and he really had a, a great he shot. Did, he he, he kind of let that one slip away over the last That's four That's the five key. Holes. You exactly. learn a lot. You learn way more from those than you gain from them. Well, there you go. I think we're, we're covering the board. you lose from them, I should say. I, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Sorry. You're throwing out cadre. You're throwing out all sorts of smash factor numbers. Yeah. You have come to the table with, with everything that we need I'm here. I'm prepared, Will. There you go. All right. Uh, well, thank you much for joining us. I look forward to our, our Austin victory yes. in some, <laughs> some form or another. Uh, uh, but it's going to be a fun week at Shinnecock Hills. It always is for the U.S. Yeah. Open. But now that we're back to kind of the blue blood U.S. Open venues, I think that's going to be exciting for a lot of fans. Yeah, the next three years are going to be a lot of fun to watch. There you go. Well, for Trip Eisenhower, I'm your host, Will Gray. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Golf Channel Podcast presented by Top Golf. Remember, the Golf Channel Podcast is available on golfchannel.com slash podcast and at your favorite podcast provider. Go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Art19, Google Play, search Golf Channel Podcast and subscribe. If you love the show, even if you just like it, leave us a review and a rating and be sure to tell your friends to tune in. Once again, I'm Will. This is Trip. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the U.S. Open. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.